Coming up, who are the winners and losers from the early part of the MLB season? Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres and I will discuss next. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Miller Thomas, host of Locked On Diamondbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, you could go follow me on Twitter at Creator Thomas24 for my personal account. Check out my website, MillerThomas24. Um, that myportfolio.com so you could see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Check out the show account at Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Just type it in the little search bar. I'm sure you can find it. Of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. Would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. On today's episode, we got Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres to talk about winners and losers from the early part of this MLB season. So let's bring on little Javi Reyes. Javi, how you doing, sir? I am doing fantastic. Thrilled to be here, as always. I feel like our crossovers always turn out legendary. And we're doing a little bit of a, a non-like series. We're not playing each other, both our, the Diamondbacks and the Padres, of course. So I'm very excited to talk about something that is going to, I imagine, attest to both of our teams, but at the same time, just be a little on un- Friday baseball general chalk, you know? Yeah, uh, I was glad to see Javi slide in the DMs because we haven't talked since that <laughs> opening series when we when our two teams played each other. That was a fun series back then. But what has been, you know, what have you been, uh, I mean, obviously you're watching the Padres, that's your team, but is, is there any other storylines or trends you've been watching that's been really fun to follow? Any other teams that have caught your eye so far in this early part of the season? Yeah, I mean, I actually wrote for the site that I write for, JustBaseball.com, like the five easiest teams to root for. I should have said like the five easiest teams to watch this year. And for me, uh, you know, honorable mention was the Rockies for some funny little dumb reasons. And then I put the Phillies in there, the Mm. Blue Jays in there, the who was the other teams I put in there, the New York Mets, the LA Angels, and then probably and the Seattle Mariners, if I didn't say them already. Um, And for the most part, Honestly, I stand by basically every single one of those because, and we're going to get into it a little bit, I imagine, uh, because yes, I know some people might be saying, well, the the Mariners and the Phillies are a disaster. Yeah, the Mariners I might have missed on. They haven't been that fun this year, but the Phillies, that's the point. You know what I mean? I think the Phillies, their disasters are so fun to watch. And then when they win, it usually means they scored like eight runs. So either way, I think you're kind of a... Do we lose Javi? Oh no, Javi's still there. You froze for a second. So those are your <laughs> did I really those okay. are, yeah. Those are your five teams that you are rooting for the hardest. So you think are the most fun to root for? I think they're the most fun to root for for general baseball fans right now. I think that it's just really easy to get into. Uh, especially with the Mets. They're so much fun, especially having that New York vibe to them. And they have like the the sex appeal, as Chris Mad Dog Russo said on the Did this get canceled? The K Rod cast? 
<laughs> Do we know what happened to the K Rod cast? <laughs> that's a good question. I haven't seen it on Twitter. I haven't seen A Rod, you know, send out his tweet saying check it out tonight. Because I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if anyone enjoyed it. All I see on my timeline when it's going on is like, get this off my TV. What other channel can I put on so I don't have to listen to this broadcast? And I think the K Rod cast would be interesting if you just drop the Rod part. Like, if it was just the Michael K show doing the broadcast, like that would be fantastic. If you had a Rothenberg and you had Pete Rosenberg doing the show with Michael K, that would be really interesting. But mm -hmm. I just think. A Rod is just such a, a character with so much baggage behind him. Like, it doesn't matter what A Rod says, people are just going to hate whatever opinion he has anyway. Mm -hmm. That may or may not be a tease into what I'm going to be talking about when we get into wow. our losers section of uh the winners and losers my man i'm very excited for that <laughs> okay i think i kept it more I, I was thinking about maybe going with like some abstract ideas or like players but i think i kept. i did both i did both okay. i did abstract and players and and teams i was like maybe that's more of a you know mid-season winners and losers go a little bit mm. deeper into it. i was like i'll keep it clean with just the teams mostly for now um Fair since the early part of the season yeah the phillies i think have been a, a fantastic team to watch we're definitely gonna be talking about them later on this pod i mean Considering what they've done this offseason, everything, I mean, I don't want to spoil it too much. But, yeah, I mean, they've been one of the most fun teams to watch. The Angels have been a very interesting team because um, they mm -hmm. are above 500, of course. And Mike Trout's been back to being phenomenal. But Otani, I mean, as the pitcher, as the hitter, just hasn't been on that same MVP level that we saw last season. And against the Yankees this season, I don't know what it is, but... He's really struggled against the New York Yankees this season. We know the Yankees are, you know, a fantastic team right now. I'm sure they'll come up later on the podcast as well. But I think Otani taking a step back from that MVP season is pretty interesting. Now, it, it is hard to repeat what he did last season. I mean, if it, mm -hmm. even if he wasn't a pitcher, he was still going to be a top three MVP candidate. And if he was a full-time pitcher last season, he would have been top three in like Cy Young voting in the American League. So it's almost impossible to repeat what Otani has done last season. But I think it's interesting that he struggled this year. Also, someone like Vlad Guerrero Jr., who had that fantastic season last year, he hasn't been as good this season as well. So it's kind of interesting to see the MVP candidates, um, at least in the American League, kind of take a step back uh this season i thought i turned my ringer off on my phone there we go absolutely man so do you think we should get into it more specifically our big winners and losers you think of this year 2022 yeah. season so far yeah let's you know might as well get into it javi um i think we're discussing off air that we were start with the winners of this winners losers podcast mm -hmm. so we're going to work backwards. We're going to start at number three, work our way to number one. You know how power rankings work. So, Javi, who's your number three winner for winners and losers of the early part of the season? So, for number three, like the third biggest winner, I'm going to say one. Speaking of abstract ideas, I think it's, it's a very recent story. Uh, it's been – I know you did an episode on it. My third biggest winner so far of the season is fantasy football. Uh, and that wow. is because fantasy football, we are not even in currently in football season, yet it is already getting free play. Thanks, of course, to former Padre and current Cincinnati Red, uh, Mr. Tommy Pham, who, of course, famously, if you guys have followed along with the story, slapped Jack Peterson and over a fantasy football dispute. There is a video of it where you could see him in the background. It was all over the news. And then Mike Trout had to come out and uh, Tommy Pham was like, yeah, Mike Trout is the worst commissioner ever and whatnot. Fantasy football, free airtime for fantasy football, despite the fact that we're in the midst of the NFL season, I think is a, a silly winner for sure. Uh, because I try to be different and whatnot. Yeah, I can see Did Mike Trout. 
Yeah, for a second there at Hello. the end, it looked like I was about to lose you, but you came back. You came back. Yeah, I mean, the first half, obviously, but you came back in the second half. Yeah, I could definitely see Mike Trout being a backflip. I feel like he'd just be too diplomatic, you know? I feel like he wouldn't want to get his hands dirty. I feel like he wouldn't want to pick sides in the dispute. So I could definitely see um, Mike Trout being a back commissioner probably. But do you think this is the baseball story that could bring the national pastime back to, you know, the intention of the national audience? Because that's kind of what I argued with the podcast with Sully Baseball. I'm like, it's the first time since, like, the Houston Astros scandal that people are actually talking about baseball again. Or at least since, like, Otani, what he was doing last season. Because, I mean, baseball, I think, one thing that we missed from baseball as opposed to like other sports with the NFL, NBA, like it's not as much like narrative or drama based with it comes to mm-hmm. teams and players just because um, it's, it's a lot of just look at the stats. You can't really have those barbershop arguments. It's just a lot of look at the stats and analytics and there's not really too much gray area for opinion. So mm-hmm. I thought this drama the past week with the slap was just great for baseball because it finally took the conversation <laughs> off of just stats and numbers. And we actually got to talk a little bit about drama, have different, you know, varying of, of opinions, which is something you usually don't have in baseball. Yeah, I mean, it, definitely baseball needs some sort of stuff. I mean, people talked about this when the Astro first happened, right? Where they were like, I mean, is this actually good for baseball? I mean, <laughs> this actually might be pretty good for them, man. I mean, they, 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 I don't know. The drama, everyone was checking Twitter. You had the Altuve. Mm-hmm. Is he wearing a buzzer? You know, the thing with the, him guarding himself. Like, it was a really fun time. And then, of course, the, the, the pandemic, when that kicked oh, yeah. in kind of lost a little bit of momentum for it because i mean that's kind of what's gotten lost i think is a lot of people like man that like initial few weeks might have been nuts if uh (laughs) if done correctly you know what i'm saying like if 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 we went from 2019 straight into the 2020 season after everything that happened it might have been absolutely bananas and of course it still got pretty wild with the astros hate and whatnot but yeah i mean it's fun having dumb stuff like this assuming nobody gets actually really hurt or like like seriously like anything bad happens then otherwise yeah man it's it's pretty fun yeah and people get you know people are still mad at the astros and now it's like okay it's been like two years let's stop being mad at the astros but (laughs) you look at tommy fam like that dispute was like over a year ago and he still decided to slap jock peterson because he was still fired up about the moment so it just shows you that you know feelings of resentment can last for a long time baseball baseball players man i mean they they keep their beef for a long time and this is this is yet another instance of it So that's a really fun number three for winners. My number three winner is actually personal because I'm going to say me, Javi, and D-backs fans because we, we, man, Javi, you know, after doing the roundtable, I'm all D-backs, you know? They won the offseason. Now they've won the early part of the season, Javi, because of that great offseason because – I mean, we're coming off a 52-win season, Javi. We were one of the worst teams in baseball last year. You look at the D-backs now. Yeah, we're still not great. We're two games below 500, but our record against non-Dodgers teams, we're like 24-17 and 17 or something against non-Dodgers teams. Like, the D-backs <laughs> have shown a lot of resilience this year. They've had a ton of comebacks. Mm-hmm. They've won a bunch of series in May. Their offense hits home runs. Their pitching staff, you know, from the starting rotation is actually pretty solid now that we got Brent Strom. So, after having last season, the fact that I'm two months into the baseball season and the D-backs are playing competitive baseball entering the summer, I and other D-backs fans are early winners in the 2022 season. Love that. Okay. Absolutely love that. That's a, a very Homer plug on your part, for sure. And uh, I appreciate it. In fairness, though, I agree. that The D-backs, definitely for teams, whenever they're, you know, these top five worst teams heading into the league aren't playing like it, and you've got some fun little storylines going on with your your Merrill Kelly's your you had a very funny tweet by the way with Madison Bumgarner 
that's for those who don't know, Millard was like on the podcast. I printed seven <laughs> runs and on uh, seven innings and four runs from SMM Guard. He's already got the four runs. Now I need the seven innings. And I was dying. <laughs> I was it's like the third inning. When he said that. It was like oh, the third inning. So I like he's got one check already. I was like, ah, oh, God, fell out the other check box now. So, yeah, the I think the D-backs have been a, a pretty interesting part. And maybe, you know, maybe your team will come up on these winners and losers later. But for your business, if you need a winner, you need to head to LinkedIn because – with spring in the air, it's time of renewal and growth. Personally and professionally, as your small business grows, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about the listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us to tell us what you what mm, this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcast. So go to lockdownpodcast.com/survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of ten. $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. Who doesn't want that? Javi, I know you would love a gift card. So to take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. All right, Javi. Let's get back into it. Yeah, so let's get into it, man. Let's keep going. Keep it rolling. It's just all those capital, you know, it's just all capitalized. It just gets lost in my eyes when I'm reading it. But (laughs) (laughs) it's like a barcode sometimes, you know. You just get lost in the song. But uh, let's move. Yeah, let's move to number two on your winners. Mm -hmm. Javi, who you got number two? Number two. All right. So, and look, I'm going to admit this is, I, I, I went back and forth between what would be my number two and my number one. But I have to do what's for the Padres at number one. So I'm going to start and say, number two, I'm going to put the New York Yankees pitching staff. Mm. And I'm going to say this because I think that for years in the New York area that I live, a big conversation has always been, they only have ever like one ace pitcher and then that's it. And this year that has been the opposite come in with Garrett Cole, who's actually not been nearly as impressive as usual, but he should probably get back and forth, uh, get back to it. I think he's going to be fine. But then, you have Nasty Nestor, one of the most exciting stories. Honestly, maybe I should have just put Nestor Cortez, but I chose the Yankees yeah. pitching because they have Luis Severino, who's a gamer out there. He looks good on, I think, Sunday Night Baseball a couple weeks ago. And with Jamison Tyone, who's, you know, at minimum, he's just not giving up a lot of runs. And with Nestor Cortez, uh, Jeff Passett tweeted out, like, 
He's lowered his ERA to 1.5 by the time you guys are hearing this recording. He was a 36th round pick by the Yankees, and then he returned to them as a Rule 5 pick in Baltimore, and then was traded to Seattle, and then was released, and then got signed by the Yankees again. Like, this is, like, a 36th round pick is probably all I have to say there, but that's the crazy part. This is the, one of the more out-of-nowhere diamond-in-the-rough players we've had in a long time. So I'm going to say Nestor Cortez especially, but in general, the fact that the Yankees hitting as usual, just a lot of home runs, but their pitching has been awesome and genuinely really exciting. I feel like every Nestor Cortez starts. Yeah, I got the Yankees on my winner's list as well. Not at number two, they'll come up a little bit later, but they have been fantastic this season. That pitching staff, as you mentioned, Nestor Cortez, I got him on my fantasy team. We're in the same league, and I tried to trade him for Zach Wheeler. Thankfully, that trade uh, wasn't accepted. But this Yankees pitching <laughs> staff, like I was kind of skeptical on the Yankees coming into the year as mm-hmm. just uh, as the World Series contender because, like you said, it just that depth after Garrett Cole just didn't feel that strong. But little did we know they had a Cy Young candidate in Nestor Cortez, who's been nasty. Montgomery's been fine. Tyone has been good as well. And then their bullpen, Clay Holmes, I think. I just checked the stats. He has a .36 ERA at the time of yeah. us recording there. He's been phenomenal this season. Their bullpen has been the most underrated part of that team, probably like I've talked about this with Sully, like the last 10 years of Yankees baseball, the strength of their franchise has been that bullpen, and it's going to be a strength once again this season. Aaron Judge, I mean, he might be the biggest winner of the whole Major League Baseball season so far two months in because he bet on himself. Right now, that bet's paying off in a big way because he's absolutely crushing it, and he seems to be on his way to winning a a potential MVP this season. But, you know, the Angels are winning games, and even though Otani's taking a step back from last season, if you're still pitching and hitting at a pretty high level, like you're still going to be – right there for the MVP. So Yankees as your number two team, I do not hate that as well. But for my number two team, Javi, I got the Minnesota Twins because on paper, I mean, they have 30 wins, so your record is what your record is. But on paper, I still don't like this Twins team. Like, I look at their lineup, I look at their rotation, I look at their bullpen. I'm like, there's not a lot of standouts right now. Even, you know, statistically, it's not like they have some superstar player that's going off and carrying that team. Like, it was Byron Buxton in that first month. But if you look at Byron Buxton's stats right now, You'd actually be kind of surprised. Like his OPS yeah. is below 800. I think his average is around 220. Like his numbers, have, he's still got the power, but his overall numbers have really fallen off. You look at that rotation there. Isn't your guy Chris Paddock out there or something? I think they have Chris Archer and Dylan Bundy as like Paddock is actually stuff. out for the year too on Tommy John surgery too. So wow. Yeah. So he now he, yeah, I think I saw that story. So he's out for the year. I think their front line now is like Dylan Bundy and Chris Archer, two former top prospects who just, you mm-hmm. know, at one point, I get blamed out, but now I guess they're having resurgent seasons for the Twins. The Twins' bullpen is really what's been the strength of that team. But mm. even though they don't have like one player playing at like an all-star superstar level, they're top five in run scored and OPS offensively. And from a pitching staff, they're top five in ERA and strikeouts as well. So if you're going to be top five in like, like offensive and pitching categories as a team, like it doesn't matter if you have an all-star. They're doing it as a collection right now. And they're just going to be an interesting team to watch as the season progresses because it, it, you still wonder whether that team is going to be buyers or sellers at the deadline because maybe they try to be aggressive and try to build around Carlos Correa and actually look at him as a long-term piece. Or maybe they say, you know what, we're better than we expected and maybe we could go 
unload Correa for a few prospects and still build this nucleus that we're trying to build for a future championship contender. So I think they, they have a few crossroads, the Twins, as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, definitely. We'll see what happens. And you're right about Buxton, uh, a guy who... I believe in the advanced stuff on him. I believe the talent, but in fairness, this is a guy that's only had an on base above like 310, maybe once in his career, and that was last year. So as a defensive player, he's awesome. As power, he's awesome. But can he put together that full stat line? In fairness, he's only done it once. I, I hope he does, but we'll see. Yeah, it's always been health has been the main concern with him. If he's mm-hmm. played 162 games in a season, he probably would have had like an MVP award already under his belt. And so far this year, he's been healthy, but his stats haven't been as good as they were in years past. So it's interesting for Byron Buxton, but I think he will start to pick it up and get hotter as we enter these summer months. But Javi, who is your number one winner so far this season? Who is Javi's number one winner so far during this early part of the MLB season? I'm so excited to know. But one thing that also gets me excited is Built Bar because we've been asking and Built Bar delivered. Built granola bars are here. They're delicious. They're everything you would expect with a granola bar. And like all Built Bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Don't forget their puffs, which are protein infused with marshmallow as well. The reason why I love Built Bars is because I'm a health conscious guy. I'm trying to work out every day, but have a sweet tooth. But it's okay because Built Bar tricks me. Think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. Low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Great for that keto diet. Just go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. My number one winner so far this year is none other than the great one, the legendary third baseman. The one who I will name, of course, that is Manny Machado. He's leading in almost every statistical category last time I checked. Maybe Mookie Betts overtook him. Maybe. Maybe. But for most of the season, he was number one in F4 among all qualified players. His ISO, his not his ISO, his OPS, his batting average, everything. He was killing it. Absolutely killing it over in terms of defense at third base. And the reason why he's my number one winner is above just playing well and being an MVP candidate, they really needed him to. This Padres team without him is like 27th in slugging, 26th in home runs. Got a, it doesn't really have a lot of high batting average guys for the most part, aside from the first baseman who will not be named, who had a really hot start. They're not really getting a whole lot of offense, and he's been a big, big part of it. It's hard to imagine, you know, Padres being where they are necessarily, especially offensively, without him. So considering without Tatis and the current roster, knowing that they needed him to perform like this, my number one winner so far of the season, Manny Machado. Two hey. questions. Why can't he who can't be named be named considering he's having a pretty nice season? 305 average, almost 800 OPS. That's the first mm-hmm. question. Second question, is Manny Machado your early NL MVP? I know it's super early, but it's always fun to talk about. Yeah, he's my early MVP for everything that I illustrated about that this team needs him more, I think, than, say, Mookie Betts out in L.A. Maybe Paul Goldschmidt is another contender as well. But for me, uh, the other thing is, uh, I can't say his name because too so, so small of a sample size, man. It's like a month, <laughs> almost two months, and he's been slowing down a lot recently. And this, it suggests wow. that probably with his ground ball, the fly ball stuff, he's going to regress at some point. I need more. It's three seasons, basically, of mediocrity for the Padres' first baseman. I need more before I'm able to restore his name. And in fairness, the name strategy was working. You know what I mean? He started off hot, so maybe I need to keep hold steady while wow. it does this. So maybe he'll be a good player. 
Yeah, keep performing well. Uh, he who can't be named, and maybe you'll earn the rights to your name back. With Javi's ruling, it's a privilege <laughs> and it has to be earned. So the Padres, I think, are a, a really good team. I mean, the record says they are. But the thing about the Padres that's interesting, I just feel like I haven't seen them as much in terms of national attention as we usually do. And maybe that's a factor mm-hmm. of Tatis not being there. Just because, like, it's very anecdotal, anecdotally, however you say that word. But I feel like just looking at, like, my Twitter timeline, mm-hmm. I always see, like, Dodgers highlights. I'll see the Giants highlights. You know, the Phillies collapses, whatever the Mets are doing. But the Padres are right in the mix of the top teams in baseball. And I just feel like they don't cross my timeline to the other teams. Manny Machado for sure, but I feel like I don't see enough about what the other people are doing. Like I haven't really seen like any U Darvish highlights. And maybe that's because he hasn't been performing too well this season. But I just feel like the Padres as a team haven't been across my timeline as some of the other teams in baseball. Do you I mean I feel like you probably can't say that you feel the same just because uh you're probably flooded with Padres stuff on your Twitter timeline. Hey man, I think that it's it's hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it is hard to tell and be like, oh yeah, maybe not many people are talking about him. And he's actually second in F four, by the way. Now uh, he wears for more, most of the season, but Mookie Betts decided that he's going to hit a home run every single game. Um, and then Jose Ramirez is right behind him. Yeah. But look, my take on that is that the Dodgers are so stacked that I don't want anyone on that team winning the MVP. That's just me. I, I just okay. sorry. Like I think you guys are going to be great no matter what. So I refuse to believe. I don't care what the numbers say. Uh, that this that Bookie bets a season is going to be that unbelievable. He has to give like a a fourteen F four for me to start being like, all right, you deserve the MVP. But anyway, um, yeah, I think that Machado and another part of it is that he's just not the most beloved player in general you know what i mean like he's got a lot of hatred to him shout out to mm-hmm. bet online who hey. did this whole survey thing and according to negative tweets and data he was the most hated player and shout What's out to the astros fans and the mentions for like two straight days i mean it was just <laughs> my mentions for like two straight i didn't even say anything it's just that i was tagged in it and them defending correa and altuve <laughs> the astros fans man uh they just my gosh i don't even know where to start with those folks right like not good or bad i I just it's just they're they're chaotic uh to say the least but yeah um you know we'll we'll see how much it'll keep though in fairness that this is like we've said this is so far in a year right like we don't know what could change this might have just been a really hot start for manny and maybe manny will just have a really good season but not an mvp season uh we'll have to see how it goes and we'll have to see if this padres offense can score enough runs because i've been very cynical about them lately i think they're good but at some point you got to hit. So how's the rotation been this year? I haven't been following. Rotation's been good. Yeah. Rotation's been very good. Uh, Mackenzie no, Gore. Mackenzie and Gore. And rookie of the year, man. Uh, especially since all the best rookies seem to be in the American league right now, um, which is good for Mackenzie Gore, I guess, who everybody gave up on apparently, which was, you know, a thing that happened. And now he's, he's killing it. That fastball is a wicked mate. Wicked, wicked stuff, mate. Wicked stuff. Wicked, mate. Maybe he'll come out here for Arizona for a start against the D-backs. I was surprised to see Machado as the most hated player. I thought it would have been Altuve. If I had to place some money on bet online of who's the most hated player in baseball, I probably would have guessed Altuve. But my number one winner, let's get back to my list, my number one winner for the MLB season so far, I'd win a little bit abstract for number one because I just put New York. The state of New York is the winner because you got both the Yankees and you got the New York Mets as basically the two best teams in each conference. I mean, you could argue Mets or Dodgers, but considering, you know, the Mets in their historic history of usually uh, 
crap in the bed. I think so far this start to the season has been everything a Mets fan has wanted. I think they are having fever dreams every night. I think Ryan Finkelstein is already holding the championship trophy, maybe in his dreams, maybe not, just because you know as Mets fans, um, they usually tend to struggle. But I'm I'm now reading your comment. It took me, it got me a little distracted out here. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, man. I'll take over for a second. Uh, That's a good question. Yeah, I agree on, on the Mets thing, though. The Mets and the Yankees, just the state of New York. I mean, considering that, you know, there was a lot of people who kind of doubted the Yankees because they're really, especially last year, I think they were just a really boring team, even though they only won 92 games, right? Like they still won 92 and that's still a lot. And I think that a lot of people missed that. They just made tiny little improvements to their team and that things could shake up, right? The Red Sox could fall backwards a little bit. I just thought that people were a little bit too down on a team that was not that fun to watch versus not very good. And I'm not saying that that makes you a World Series contender, but for regular seasons, the the walks, the home runs, and then what's really made them great, and I think what's made people more excited about them to win the World Series is that rotation that I talked about. And then the Mets, I mean, you know how excited I am seeing Lindor. I mean, you know mm-hmm. that's my boy. <laughs> you know Lindor is my boy. He has like an 11-game RBI streak going on right now. He's been playing fantastic. Pete Alonso fantastic? is fantastic. What? Fantastic. Yes, he's been playing fantastic. How don't you? Start? I just looked at the stats. I was like, I don't know, fantastic. He's got like a 340 on base. He's got eight homers. He's been awesome, man. Although I will say his defense for some reason randomly has fallen off a little bit. So hopefully that's just a, a weird blip as defense can be a little bit blippy early on. I mean, Tatis, everybody thought was the worst defender in history, like yourself uh, in in history. And then he came back and was like, fine. You know what I mean? It wasn't great, but he was fine. So I think that that's what happened sometimes. And Pete Alonso, and they brought in Marte, and then, you know, Scherzer was awesome. And that's another thing. They still don't have DeGrom back, and Scherzer hopefully will come back later. But, yeah, I agree, man. New York, New York radio is just on fire, just absolutely having the time of their lives right now. I mean, they're just super excited that they have good teams for once. It's the possibility of a Mets Yankees World Series cannot be understated, right? Like the fact that that's even a possibility is certainly, uh, I think, probably good for baseball in terms of the the general population getting really into it. Would they actually? Because I think a lot of people would also argue, like, I don't know, just two. It's literally two teams in the same state. Like, why is a West Coast fan should I care about two East Coast teams? So I would agree that I would find it interesting mm-hmm. the Yankees and Mets uh, playing in the World Series. But I don't know if everyone on the West Coast would be like, oh, let me go see those East Coast battle it out in the World Series. I don't know how they would feel about that. But I think the rotation for the Mets, the point you hit on, has been the most impressive thing about them this season because you look at them with. Max Scherzer down, Jacob deGrom down. Now you even got a guy like Tyler McGill who had a fantastic start to the season. Struggled a little bit in his last couple starts, but they're down three starters in that rotation. And even if they're down maybe their top three starters, their rotation is still one of the better rotations in the National League. We still have Chris Bassett pitching the way he is, Carlos Carrasco, and last year's all-star from that rotation, Taiwan Walker. So you still got three mm. guys who could be, you know, a number two and number three in other people's rotation. That's like your four, five, and six guys in their rotation. So the Mets rotation is absolutely stacked. And if all those guys get healthy, like you could probably just ride that rotation to a, a deep postseason run and maybe put someone like McGill or Taiwan Walker as like your middle innings of the guy. Like they have so many options when it comes to pitching. It's insane. Pete Alonzo has been fantastic so far this season the polar bear uh, i think they're gonna maybe have to make a trade at some point just because they feel like they have some redundancies in the outfield with dominic smith and jay davis there's been some rumors maybe they're linked to the d back so we'll see what happens mm-hmm. with the mets but the mets and the yankees have 
been two fantastic stories so far. The Yankees, as we talked about, they've been great so far. They seem like the best team in the American League right now. The Mets, I think you would consider them, consider them a top two, top three team, depending on, you know, of course, everyone feels like the Dodgers are the consensus favorite. But someone like yourself might feel like the Padres are as good, if not better, than the Mets, which could be a fair point as well. So I definitely think the state of New York is a winner for today. But Javi, I mean, we're already 30 minutes in. Do you think we still have time for the losers, or do you think we got to save it for another episode? I think we might have to save it, man. We ended up talking <laughs> about this in way more depth than we thought, so maybe we should save this for another episode doing losers of the 2022 season. I, hey, look, sometimes we talk too much. And in fairness, that gives people double the fun of Millard and Javi. So honestly, I think it's a win-win for, for our good listeners. Hopefully they enjoyed it. What do you think? No worries. I think we could do that, Javi. We'll have to come up with another time. Maybe do a midseason losers edition then. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I don't even know when the D-backs play the Padres. I still don't think it's for like a, a few <laughs> more series. Like I still don't think we play each other for next for another couple of weeks. So um, we'll, we'll link up again and finish this little segment. But Javi, where can the Lockbacks listeners find you on social media? You can find me at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, for all my takes on all things pop culture and baseball, of course. But if you want only baseball, then check out at LO underscore Padres on Twitter, where I try to live tweet the games and whatnot as much as I can and post a lot of memes and have a lot of dreams. Uh, So lots of good stuff Mm -hmm. on there. Otherwise, uh, go check out Just Baseball, also a great site. And uh, as always, man, it's been a blast. Memes and dreams. That's the bio Twitter handle for Javi Pena, or at least maybe the bio bio Twitter handle. That doesn't even make any sense. The Twitter bio. Uh, I said too many words there that just don't make any sense. If you want to follow me on Twitter, though, I created Thomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Dimebacks in that search bar on both Twitter and Instagram. I'm sure you can find the podcast handle. Also, check us out on YouTube because I'd never bring that up. We're on YouTube, Locked On Dimebacks. So check out us. Go check out Locked On Padres on YouTube as well. Javi. Thank you for doing this crossover with I today. It was you who hit me up. So thank you for hitting me up, sir. And this was a fun time as always.